Here we are already, episode uh, 30 in season 3. Moving right along, we're in Thanksgiving week. I am basically fasting. Try to eat as little as I can all week long, you know. Not because I need to lose weight, you know. I just need to uh, prepare myself to uh, gorge my gourd on Thanksgiving Day. Although I don't get to do it as much this year because... Once again, we're not getting to have my family reunion like we normally do. But next year, that'll be the year. Yeah, I'll probably start fasting for Thanksgiving next year on November 1st. Because it's going to be a blowout. I just know it. Anyway. But, um, yeah, you know, we got some pretty good uh, stories this week. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure whether I want to be ticked off or just cracked up. With the stupidity. I think my emotions are all over the map. Maybe yours will be too. You big dummy, you big dummy, you big dummy. On a dirt clod out in space. Where it stops, nobody knows. Because it's a great, big, stupid world. Well, you've entered my stupid world once again. You would think you would learn from now, you know. Anyway, I'm Eric Lane, feeling even more insane because it's the uh, Thanksgiving week that we're recording the podcast, okay? And, um, well, you know, it's getting a little stupid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, trying to arrange for the family to get here, you know, you got to worry about the family, you got to worry about your drunk uncles, which you're going to be talking about probably, uh, you know, the food, the prep, then you got to worry about the turkeys, you know? There's a turkey shortage. Well, well, I guess there's some turkey shortages. The the, the popular turkeys, the, the 16-pound turkeys. Everyone's wanting those, and, well, they're just, they're getting in short supply. The 20-pound turkeys are great. Look, do, do yourself a favor. Go on ahead, buy the 20-pound turkey. They're probably going to be slightly cheaper in the long run, and you're going to find them a little easier, and you get an extra day or two of all those delicious thanks, uh, Thanksgiving Day leftovers, you know, and the turkey sandwiches. Get an extra day. So it's a win-win, you know? But in any case, I don't know. Definitely not much of a win-win with some of the fine examples of stupidity we have for our midweek um, feed, uh, which will also, of course, feature our insane uh, news, uh, the insane week in review, the uh, Genius Awards, like we always do. So if you're, you know, finding the podcast for the very first time, this is just the bonus feed okay we got the regular weekend feed coming up with my insane florida nephew Panchaguero, with lots of more stupid stories from florida and beyond of course and we also have our insane game show but no matter what whether you listen to this midweek bonus feed or the weekend feed it's all five-star stupidity so give us a five-star rating okay and maybe write a really stupid review of the podcast okay i might even read it on the upcoming show okay and you know you've done something stupid so I hope maybe by listening to this podcast, it will help you feel somewhat relieved. Okay, so um, so go ahead and subscribe. Hit that little subscribe button on on whatever feed you're listening to, and don't forget to check out the Insane Eric Lane Stupid Worlds podcast uh, uh, Telegram channel. We got a, a channel on Telegram, Telegram.com. You can download the app. It's a great messaging service. Then go to t.me/slash Insane Eric Lane. 
That's t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. You see a preview of the channel. You can download the, the, the app right there from the page. Install it on your desktop, your mobile device, whatever platform you're going to use it on. So, you know, uh, then you can interact. We, we put some of the actual um, articles from the stupid stories we talk about. So you can actually read them and know that I'm not lying. Because some of the stuff you have to wonder is he really lying? Is that really, did that really happen? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, I mean, even when things get back to normal, it makes you wonder if it's normal. I mean, well, you know, things are definitely far more normal again when American tourists are back out doing what American tourists do best, dumb stuff in foreign countries. A couple of guys from the U.S., they got in trouble after they broke into the Colosseum in Rome just to have a beer. Now, I don't know their names. One's 24, one's 25. That's about the right age. Stupidity seems to blossom about that age. Somebody spotted them hanging out at the second tier of the Coliseum around 5.30 in the morning and both drinking beer. Yep. The person that saw them well, called the cops and the cops showed up and cited them for entering the 2,000-year-old landmark illegally. Now, they're, they're not really facing jail time or anything. They didn't get fined about 900 bucks and, well... Americans aren't the only ones doing stupid stuff like this. I mean, last year, a 32-year-old guy from Ireland was caught carving his initials into one of the stone pillars on the first level. The, the, the two American guys, though, they didn't really damage anything. They told the cops, well, we're just having a beer. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something you never hear about, you know? Odd, inexplicable behavior from people who are drinking beer. Yeah. I don't know, but... 900 bucks for two beers? I don't know. I believe that's what they call airport pricing. What do you think? I don't know. But anyway, well, th this was definitely a, I, I wish, I mean, I could have been so lucky. I saw the video for this. This is insane. Drivers are scrambling to grab cash because bags of money fell out of an armored truck in, uh, in Southern California along a freeway, according to authorities. The incident occurred around 9.15 in the morning on I-5 in Carlsbad as the truck was heading from San Diego to an office of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, otherwise known as the FDIC. One of the doors popped open and bags of cash fell out, said the California Highway Patrol Sergeant Curtis Martin. Several bags broke open, of course, spewing money, mainly ones and twenties all over the lanes and bringing the freeway to a chaotic halt. I mean, can you believe this? Martin's the, the uh, Sergeant Martin says a uh, video was posted online, shows some people laughing and leaping for joy as they're holding wads of cash. I mean, I really saw this. It really happened. I mean, actually, here's a witness and an attorney, uh, Greg Wiseman, talking about exactly what happened. People are celebrating and saying it's cash, it's cash, and they're running around and they're just grabbing them with both hands. Everybody was getting along, no problem. Everybody was really happy and excited. People get the wrong idea. They think finders keepers. They might I think possession is nine-tenths of the law. They've heard that colloquialism somewhere, but that's not the law. Police arrested two people at the scene. Martin warned any others who were found to have taken that money could face criminal charges. He noted there was plenty of video taken by bystanders at the scene and that the CHP and FBI were investigating. Anybody that took money, you better bring it to the CHP office in Vista, California. They're going to be after you. You know, they do have serial numbers on that cash, you know. I mean, usually the only thing that's released on California freeways is gunfire. I don't know, maybe it's me, but I, you know, you'd think it might occur to somebody in that armored truck to lock the door. 
you know, just an idea. I'm not trying to tell you. To, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job, or anything like that. Well, I know this: the schools are trying to tell things to the kids, and they don't want the parents to know about. And it's got them upset. A couple of sets of parents are suing the Wisconsin's Kettle Moraine School District over their policy that lets students change their names and pronouns at school without parental consent. One set of parents have a 12-year-old daughter who they say they withdrew from the school district to protect her mental health and preserve their parental role. They uh, charged their constitutional rights as parents were violated when the school district used a male name and male pronouns for her at school without their consent and over their objections. The plaintiff's attorneys argued that both the U.S. and state constitutions recognize the inherent right of parents to direct the upbringing and education of children under their control. I don't get it. I mean, really? This, um, you know, and what kills me is some of these, these teachers, they get upset. They'll say, we're not your babysitter. We're just teachers. We're trying to do our job. We're not your babysitter, but we'll call your kids a different name than you want. I don't get it. I mean, really? I mean, it's, it's, it's becoming more and more of a good reason to homeschool kids. You know, really is. I mean, I'm not that good in, you know, education myself, but you know what? I'd homeschool kids before I put them in a school district like that. I tell you that. Well, this, this is equally just as mind-blowing. You know, I've, I've, I've stayed in my share of hotels. I'm pretty easygoing. It's got to take me something really gross. Because remember, I grew up in Arkansas, and I've stayed in some pretty seedy places in Arkansas. So I have a high tolerance for maybe some hotels that might not be as good as others. My wife, on the other hand, oh, no, 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 no. It better be this. It better be in good condition, or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write a letter. Okay. Well, just make sure you do that after you get out of the hotel, because a grandmother and her granddaughter had the cops called on them and were kicked out of the Baymont Inn and Suites in Georgia after they gave a negative review of their hotel room on Hotels.com. Really, Susan Legger is her name. She tells WKYC-TV that she had given the hotel a three out of five stars. Now, when she did that, Hotels.com then asked, well, what went wrong? So Ledger replied, the hotel was, quote, run down, pool's not open, toilet doesn't flush well. Well, later that night, Ledger got a cell phone call that turned out to be from the hotel manager, Danny Vias, who was yelling at her. Then he reported her to 911. Well, here's actually part of the call and Susan Ledger talking about her whole experience with the hotel. Um. Where's your emergency? The man is screaming at me. They're refusing to leave? Yes. He was saying, you get out now, I call the police. Okay, what room are they in? 130. I don't know if they're refusing to leave at the payment. You said one lady and, and one what? One small kid. He was basically saying, you get out, you lie, you lie, you gave me bad review. I told the ma'am, we are going to refund your money because I know that you didn't like the room, so we have all the right that you can leave the place and we are going to refund in full. So the 63-year-old and her six-year-old granddaughter, who was with her, were already in their jammies for the night. This was the first night of what was supposed to be a three-night stay. 
The next thing they knew, a knock comes to the door from an officer from the Helen, Georgia Police Department. Ledger asked the officer if she and her grandchild could actually be kicked out of a hotel in the middle of the night over an unfavorable review of three stars out of five. She was told, uh, yes, ma'am, it's within the law. Yes, that's right, in Georgia. The officer helped them find another room at a nearby Fairfield hotel, bless his heart. Ledger had prepaid for the entire stay using Hotels.com, and in spite of what the manager told the 911 operator, she did not get a refund from the Baymont. After a WKYC TV reporter contacted Hotels.com, they eventually issued a refund to Ledger, two months after the grandmother and the granddaughter were kicked out. Now, most businesses, you know, like hotels, they're allowed to ask customers to leave for virtually any reason. Of course, if they refuse, customers can be arrested for trespassing. Ledger's advice going forward? You might want to leave your unfavorable review after you've checked out. Yeah, and then write a letter to the manager. Jeez. Boy, oh boy, I'd be fuming on that one for sure. I'd have it all videoed and put it up online. I'd, I'd shame the crap out of them, you know, really. Anyway, well, I mean, okay, so you, 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 you have any kind of an excuse to get kicked out of a hotel. Great. Seems like the type of excuse you may never actually see, though, even if it's true, would be something like this, I guess, because, I mean, how would you know if your boss react if, sorry, boss, but I can't come in, my eyes are hurting. But really, there's a new poll found 54% of us have skipped work or school because of eye strain, mainly because because they're staring at screens all day. Well, on the average, it basically causes us to skip things or cancel plans six times a year. Now, honestly, I mean, I look at screens a lot, but I can't say that I've ever called off work or missed anything because of eye strain. Of course, I'm not a wuss either. Here's just a few things that can cause eye strain. 51% of us max out the brightness on our phone. Why? First, it drains the battery. 48% sometimes sit too close to the TV or computer. Yeah, you remember your mother? Don't sit so close to the TV, you'll go blind. <laughs> you know, 44% watch shows or movies in the dark, which can be actually harder on your eyes. Also, 13% or more than one in eight people say they don't currently wear glasses, but they got blurry vision and know they need them. Well, duh. Well, I'd rather squint. I'll squint. It makes me look tough. I don't know. Anyway, don't judge. I mean, you may join the statistic if you match anything on my list of the top signs. Your screen time is out of control. For instance, the last time you saw daylight was when you Googled the sun. Or you named your kid X capital B M C A dash one three dash S capital O exclamation point exclamation point. Uh, so you would never forget your Wi-Fi password. Another sign your screen time is out of control. You communicate with your kids through texting while at the dinner table. You try to open doors by swiping your fingers across them. You can no longer tilt your head up due to muscle atrophy. And you just took a shower without removing your AirPods. Another another dude sign that your screen time is out of control. It's been two years since you cracked your iPhone and you're still in grief counseling. Or you just tried to like and subscribe to a lamp post. 
You spend so much time sitting at the computer that the butt print on your chair even captures the dimples. Another sign that your screen time is out of control, the one time you look up from your phone, you realize your family added two kids. Or you make a urologist appointment because your penis doesn't look like an eggplant. Come on, people, really? I mean, I've got my phones, I've got my laptops, I've got my PCs. I got my brain, too. Well, here's a person that obviously left their brain back at the store. This story, frankly, for me, hits home because, well, this has happened to one of my own, okay? A radio host. Okay, this, this radio host in, in L.A. Her name is Lisa Stanley. She had to reach out to DoorDash to complain when a female driver delivered her food, then defecated in a trash can in the lobby of her apartment building. True story. Now, Lisa, by the way, is a host on K-Earth 101 in Los Angeles. Now, this happened on a Friday. And Lisa didn't know about it until somebody else in her building said there was a serious mess down in the lobby. So she posted security footage on Twitter. And it looks like the DoorDash lady partially missed the trash can or at least part of what she left behind, ended up on the rim of the trash can. DoorDash responded to Lisa's complaint and said the driver was, quote, no longer able to deliver with DoorDash. They also refunded her order, gave her $20 in credit, and returned the tip she'd left. They responded again after a video of it hit Twitter and called it unacceptable. Well, obviously... They also said they'll cooperate if cops got involved, but we haven't heard of any charges yet. Now, um, here, here's uh, Lisa on of K-Earth 101 in Los Angeles talking about what exactly happened. What I saw, I could not unsee. I was flabbergasted at what I saw. She let it go. I mean, you know that saying, when you gotta go, you gotta go. And boy, did she ever. You're four steps away from outside where there's a bush or your car, or I don't know, but not in the lobby of a Brentwood apartment building. This is a health issue. You have a, a, a human being who's taking a poop in the middle of her job in a lobby of an apartment building and then resuming her job, which is delivering and touching food. Uh, and Lisa's not sure if the woman was, you know, having a bathroom emergency or whatever, but says that she might have let her use the actual bathroom if she had just asked. I don't know. I mean, is it possible that she had an accident and she was just trying to shake it out of the trash or something? I don't know. But boy, oh boy, really? I mean, well, this is in Los Angeles where they poop on the sidewalk in places, you know, in California. Why not? It's, it's, it's like, makes why, why would I ever want to go to California? I mean, really? Why, why would I ever want to invite that family member to my Thanksgiving dinner or my holiday party? Yeah, well, stereotypes don't always reflect reality, but sometimes they're pretty spot on. Almost two-thirds of Americans say at least there's that one family member that will get drunk at a family get-together this year, and the most likely culprit is, yep, your drunk uncle. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm going to my insane Florida nephew's house this year for Christmas. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to try some of that whiskey you've been talking to me about. Let me just be that drunk uncle just one time. Well, a third of people say that an uncle is the most likely 
to get hammered. Here, here's a few more stats on how your Thanksgiving could go south in a hurry, okay? The worst topics to bring up at the table, politics, family gossip, personal drama. Your parents are probably the most likely to bring up something that would start drama. We already know that. But they still get, they still get brought up anyway. I don't, I don't get it. You know what's going to happen and you bring it up anyway. 39% of people say there will probably be some yelling. 43% say it's not uncommon for at least one person to leave early. 48% of us expect to drink more at family get-togethers than we did at any other social event this year. And the number one beverage that can ruin a holiday party is a tie between beer and whiskey. <laughs> Wine is third, followed by tequila. Now, I just had my oldest son come for a visit, him and his wife, and we enjoyed a lovely glass of wine together because he's finally legal and able to drink legally. Kind of a man thing, you know. Then he starts telling me about all the different adult beverages he's been trying. I'm thinking, what? If your grandpa heard this, he would like faint. Good Baptist deacon, you know, he wouldn't even look at, he wouldn't even have anything that looked alcoholic in the same room with him. Here's another one. 54% of people said at least one of their family members will probably have to apologize the next day. <laughs> the poll also asked about work parties. 67% expect at least one co-worker to drink too much. They always do. 62% have dreaded work the next day because of something they or maybe a co-worker did. Like the time that we had the owner of our radio station group. We had wrapped him up like a Christmas tree and hung a Christmas ornament from his ears. And then 56% have worried about getting fired. Yeah, that always happens too. Yeah, well, at least nobody is worried about getting into a physical fight. Even though that does happen sometimes as well, you know. But I don't know. If you've lived through the 1980s, you might remember McGruff, the time crime dog. That's right. Take a bite out of crime. Okay, well, sometimes crime takes a bite out of you. A bunch of women were in a big brouhaha outside a bar in LA and the cops had to come in and break it up. Happened in the little town of Homa, uh, I should say Louisiana, not LA, Homa, Louisiana. It's about 45 miles southwest of New Orleans. One of the women was a 36-year-old. She was named Michelle Smith. Now, when one of the cops stepped in to stop the fight, well, she latched onto him and bit his ear off. Yes, off. According to the police, she bit a large portion of his right ear completely off, then fled the scene. I'm not sure if she's related to Mike Tyson. Last time I heard, I guess they were still looking for her. They issued a warrant for her arrest and planned to charge her with second-degree battery once they catch her. Now, the cop, meanwhile, was taken to a hospital. Not really clear if the doctors were able to sew the ear back on or not, but I'm pretty sure that... Uh, yeah, she, she bit off more than she could chew on that one, that's for sure. Well, here, here, here's, a, here's an interesting thing. When, when, you know, tornadoes and wrecks are usually two different instances that you don't really know what's going to happen and where it's going to go. There was a stolen SUV that went careening through a Durham neighborhood in uh, North Carolina before taking out a porch of a home and turning a traffic sign into a spear that impaled itself into a second floor bedroom. John Bray and his wife, Marissa Minnick, were awakened about 3.30 in the morning by the crash, what they said sounded different from those they usually hear in the neighborhood. 
The SUV, which police uh, told the couple had been uh, stolen a half an hour earlier from a downtown Durham apartment complex, snapped a tree in half, took out part of their fence, demolished some raised garden beds, and sideswiped their car. It hit the porch with such velocity that it actually knocked out a brick support column, left a crack in the home's foundation on the backside of the house. And as they surveyed the damage, Bray and Minnick noticed a traffic sign hanging from the second story of their home. It was only when they went back inside they realized how close that sign came to injuring them while they slept. There's actually John and his wife Marissa talking about all the damage done. It snapped three four by fours, caused a crack in the foundation all the way down. It went through the exterior wall, through the bathroom at like an angle, and then came out the bedroom, like hitting picture frames and just like bursting through. Yeah, just covering our room in drywall and pieces of wood. The signs metal post crashed through the siding into a bathroom, then through an interior wall into their bedroom, ending up near their bed. Really? It's a good thing it was a yield sign and slowed itself down. I mean, if they didn't notice the sign had been hurled through their window and landed into their bed, they clearly have better ambient than the rest of us, that's for sure. But wow. And then, then this is my, this is a great story. Another great story of uh, some folks of our own in radio. Radio, you get some great people, you know? You get some great callers also. And you never know what you're going to get. I remember one year in one of my radio jobs, I was doing a little trivia contest, trying to get people to call in to answer a question about a trivia. Simple trivia. You could probably Google this. Although at the time, I'm not sure they had Google at the time. But the question was, tobacco is the number one export from which country? We had guesses from all over the globe, okay? And this was going on for about 20 minutes. Nobody could seem to get this correct answer. So finally, one guy who calls, and obviously was calling from a factory because you could hear all the machines going in the background, obviously was a good old Pennsylvania rednecker, okay? And he calls me up on the phone. He goes, I'm just going to take a guess here. Could it be uh, Copenhagen? No. Not Copenhagen, because it's not even a country. Not even a city, but it is the name of a tobacco. You got close, I'll give you credit. You, so you get all kinds of people in radio. Well, there's a caller in Philly named James. James was so upset about Ben Simmons from the Philadelphia 76ers, he didn't even care that somebody ran into his car and drove off. Now, you probably don't have to live in Philadelphia to know the lengths that Philly fans will go to to complain about Simmons, okay? He was calling into the uh, Angelo Cataldi and the morning team at 94 WIP. Hi, James. Angelo, morning team. How y'all been? We're doing great, James. What's on your mind, bro? Uh, not bad. Someone just hit my car. Oh, oh no. Shit. Not bad. You just yeah. got hit. hit. Yeah, they, and they're driving off. It's okay. What? Oh, no, what? No, James. Yeah, What's your license plate? Get the yes. license yes. plate. Anyway. I, I'll write it down. I'm going to get a license plate. I'll get it's a lawyer. A, I can't. They, I'll get they, a no, lawyer they, for you. Read the license plate over the radio. No. Oh, yeah, that's wrong. That shouldn't they, do that. They, yeah, swerved, no. they swerved into my lane. No way. Anyway, I was calling about, I was calling about uh, Ben Simmons. <gasps> what? What? 
James um, Warren. I'm not worried about You just got in a car accident. You called about Ben Simmons? Oh, that's an accident. Yeah, because he annoys me more than someone hitting my car and driving off. So while the Simmons controversy is definitely a hot subject among the Philly faithful, Cataldi was not ready, not, was, wasn't so ready to indulge. He's like saying, I'm having a hard time paying attention to the call because you just got hit, Cataldi says. This is on awful announcing. He said, I actually heard the contact. The hosts asked James to remain on to award him the winner of the week prize for handling the hit and run and radio call simultaneously. Definitely a story that confirms whatever it is, you're already thought about Philadelphia's finest. Everybody has a little stupidity in their world and frankly, I would love to hear about it. Now, if you got a great story from your stupid world, or if you want to respond to one of my stupid stories, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Or if you have a question, maybe a comment about something that I've said or that you've heard. Or if you want to tell of some of your own firsthand experiences of stupidity that you've encountered, I'd love to hear from you, too. You can record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. I might even actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. Of course, if you haven't done so already, and frankly, I fail to see why you haven't, you should follow me on social media, on Facebook or on Twitter, just by searching out the handle at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. Chinese President Xi Jinping warmly greeted his old friend, President Biden, during a virtual summit. Emphasis on the old part. It makes sense, though, that they did a virtual summit through Zoom. That way the press team could, you know, pull the plug if he went on the fritz and started claiming he's Batman. Biden opened the talks by mentioning climate change, but not a desire for transparency on COVID-19 origins. It's no wonder he's not interested in learning more about COVID-19, judging by the people he sniffs. He's not interested in anything above the age of 18. You really got to feel, though, for the translator at the Biden-Jing meeting, because he's got to translate both men's words into English for the press. Humanity lives in a global village, and we face multiple challenges together. Zing says through a translator, Zing pretended to care about humanity. It's almost as funny as Biden trying to string together more than five words. The Biden administration is planning to expand his vaccine mandate to require booster shots for all adults. And after that, he will finally be the president who stuck his prick in more people than Bill Clinton. A recent study finds that the feel-good hormone in the brain, known as dopamine, impacts a wide range of behaviors, including the passion drive some men have to succeed. Men with drive have high levels of dopamine in their system, whereas men with no drive just have high levels of dope. <clears throat> the, the hormone is also known for stimulating feelings of happiness and joy, which means that liberals are deficient in it. A new study finds that little kids can read the emotions of adults who wear masks. For example, when uh, they see an adult wearing a mask, they know that they are completely freaked out and emotionally unstable. 
Press Secretary Jin Psaki was noncommittal when a reporter asked if President Biden would support a presidential bid by Kamala Harris down the road. That's mainly because at this point, Biden doesn't even know who Kamala Harris even is. Zaki's comments during the press briefing were in response to Fox News' Peter Ducey asking if Harris could expect Biden's automatic endorsement for president if she decides to run in 2024 or 2028. This reporter is an idiot. I mean, there's no way we're going to even make it to 2024. Never mind 2028, okay? And China has confirmed nearly 1,500 university students to their, they've confined these students to dormitories and hotels following an outbreak of COVID-19 in the northeastern city of Dalian. Although if you put a bunch of college kids in dorms and hotel rooms, they're going to catch something a lot more scarier than COVID. I know that. The order was actually issued after several dozen cases were reported at Zhengzhou University City, and hundreds of students were then transferred to hotels for observation. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, those buildings are probably filled with so many harmful germs that China's going to go ahead and rename them all Motel 6. And a brothel in Austria has given customers a session with a sex worker in exchange for taking the COVID-19 vaccine. So, just like in America, you'll need a jab to get a job. Yeah. Unfortunately, th this is uh, having the opposite of its intended effect because, well, now every man in the country is burning his vaccination card. The Green Bay Packers are selling stock in the team for the sixth time in the franchise's history. In fact, if you buy more than 100 shares... You get a free vial of Aaron Rodgers' COVID, anti COVID antibodies. Yeah. A group of New York City sanitation workers have been suspended without pay for using counterfeit vaccine cards. And lucky for them, they're used to being in deep doo-doo. A new survey among millennial women shows that stress and sleep are among their biggest health concerns. And let's not forget how their mental health is negatively affected if there are no tables available at brunch. According to the survey, on average, women don't start worrying about their health until they're 29. And most agree that it's important to start focusing on their wellness in their youth to prevent issues as they age. So call me crazy, but when it comes to millennials, I think they should be more focused on leaving mom and dad's basement by the time they're 29. China and the U.S. have agreed to ease restrictions on each other's journalists amid a slight relaxation of tensions between the two sides, to which CNN responded, what's journalism? The official China Daily newspaper said that the agreement was reached ahead of the virtual summit between uh, Xi Jinping and Biden. Joe, you know, wants to make sure the press is never restricted because, you know, they're literally the only ones advocating for him at this point, you know. And Kool-Aid is issuing a recall for some of their tropical punch canisters after small particles of metal and glass were found inside the mix. Of course, that's what happens when your product enters the room by breaking through windows and walls. Alec Baldwin's brother Daniel reckons his star sibling bears no responsibility for shooting dead his cinematographer and is being made a scapegoat because of his staunch political views. Now, look, you got to admire Daniel for his bluntness. I mean, much like his brother, he's a straight shooter. The woman died because of negligence on a movie set, so I don't necessarily see how you can tie politics into this. I mean, I got to say, Daniel, this sounds like a real shot in the dark. Los Angeles Staples Center now is called the Crypto.com Arena. 
After the company purchased the naming rights for 700 million bucks, of course they paid it in cryptocurrency, so now it's 500 million. No, no, it's 900 million. No, now it's 200 million. Oh, wait a minute. Now it's 3 billion. A new poll shows President Biden's approval rating has dropped to 36%, so pretty soon it'll be crossing paths with the unemployment rate. A $32 million mansion is being sold in Miami that's currently owned by a dog. It's one of the few times anyone wishes they could live in a doghouse. And a baby girl in India has been released from the hospital after being found in a sewage drain in Mumbai. And it's actually not as bad as it sounds, you know, because sewage drains are some of the cleanest places in India. The anticipated sequel, Ghostbusters Afterlife, has hit the theaters, and it was a great success. It's really great to see people going to the movie theaters again, you know, but they are quickly remembering that ghosts aren't nearly as scary as popcorn prices. You know, but I did hear the movie was a bit of a downer, you know. Yeah, I mean, apparently all the ghosts can't stop talking about how much they regret voting for Biden. Disney is getting into the business of sports betting. It's just in time for their new movie. Honey, I shrunk the college fund. And Applebee's is now serving chicken wings covered in Cheeto dust. That's right. It's opposed to Chili's wings, which are just covered in regular dust. Applebee's Cheeto wings will also come in flaming hot flavor as if, you know, as if a date night at Applebee's could get any hotter. The father of Disney star Peyton Clark is accused of grooming and hitting on 14-year-old girls, or as Democrats call it, presidential material. Kim Kardashian West has reportedly helped to fly the Afghanistan women's soccer team out of the country to safety in London, but after meeting her family, they all decided to go back home. Disney World has paused its vaccine mandate after Florida Governor's Ron DeSantis made it illegal for companies to force the vax on employees. This is big news now because, you know, Snow White can now go back to having seven dwarves after three of them were forced to work from home. Yeah, they canceled the employee mandate, but Disney's still encouraging visitors to make healthy decisions while they're eating a fried funnel cake and a 12-pound turkey leg. (laughs) A man caused a panic in Atlanta's Hartsville-Jackson Airport after he lunged for his gun during a baggage inspection, causing it to discharge three shots. And as you imagine, airline officials are furious because he didn't have a mask on. There were people stampeding each other in every direction. Bystanders thought the stores were having a Black Friday sale. And former Vice President Mike Pence has two December appearances scheduled for New Hampshire, fueling speculation he could be running for the White House in 2024. Either that or his wife just really wants him out of the house. You know, anyway, the way things are going in the country right now, I think a lot of people think that Trump can beat Biden. Baron Trump, that is. And billionaire tech titan Michael Guggen allegedly kept a spreadsheet of 5,000 women that he slept with at his Montana headquarters. I guess he made the spreadsheet in Microsoft's foggy windows. The guy has got some hard drive. Yeah, and his computer software is good, too. Saturday Night Live kicked off its latest episode with a skit about the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. The Rittenhouse story is kind of a delicate one, you know, for the show because, well, at this point, most viewers just want to shoot themselves. 
Elon Musk's son, you know, who is named X-A-E-A-Z or X-I-I, joined him on a Zoom presentation to his company. Yeah, of course, if you're wondering, X-A-E-A-X-I-I is actually an Asian name that means my dad smokes pot. Yeah, and I, and I thought I had a hard time finding a license plate with my name on it at gift shops. And today's show contributor Jill Martin got engaged to her ex-fiancé, Eric Brooks. They were already engaged once and broke it off, but yeah, it's back on again. And if anybody wants to send a gift, they're registered at Bed Bath & Bad Ideas. They're already inviting people to the wedding. As I speak, she's busy mailing out the Save Another Date cards. And a new report claims that it's now trendy to get high by licking toad venom. Yeah, so now instead of saying somebody has a drug overdose, you just say, ah, they had a frog in their throat. According to a new survey of 2,000 Americans who celebrate a winter holiday, people expect to gain about eight pounds of weight over the holidays. So don't be surprised if the only gift your family gives you this year is a subscription to Weight Watchers. I mean, for four in 10 people, the extra eight pounds is in addition to the weight they've gained during the pandemic. And they're going to have to change the name of this country to the United Bakeries of America because we've got rolls. Santa better not expect to find any cookies under the chimney or near the chimney this year, mainly because we ate them all. The San Francisco area saw back-to-back -back flash mobs ransack a Nordstrom in a Louis Vuitton over a 24-hour period, alarming security experts in a city that has already been struggling with rampant smash-and-grab incidents. I'm surprised these people aren't robbing more shoe stores after all the human poo they step in on the sidewalks. You know, <laughs> Some security experts are pointing to California's laws that are intended to reduce costs of incarceration as to why that there is such an increase in crimes. Of course, you got to steal a lot to get locked up in California. So residents wonder why their tax collectors aren't behind bars. A natural stream in Hawaii has tested positive for an alcohol content of 1.2%. So now you can go for a visit and literally drink like a fish. Violent protests have broken out against COVID-19 vaccine mandates and lockdowns across Europe. And that's all amid the new tough rules to curb winter waves of the virus. These protests are getting so serious that even the French haven't surrendered yet. I mean, in many countries, people will be able to leave their homes for only reasons such as buying groceries or going to the doctor or exercising. Well, two out of those three things people will do fairly regularly. The, the other is exercising. An anonymous donor is being celebrated for donating a rare venomous spider to an Australian zoo. Yeah, sure, it's cool when he does it. You know, but whenever I donate venomous spiders, I get banned from the holiday toy drive. The National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences has announced a new branch of the Emmy Awards called the Children's and Family Emmy Awards. It's got to be a really tough call, you know, for the pedophiles in Hollywood because they love children but hate families. The Children and Family Emmy Awards mark the first new Emmy expansion since 1979, which coincidentally is also the last time people were still having children. Jesse Smollett was back on the red carpet as he attended a screening of his upcoming film, B-Boy Blues in Harlem. Of course, knowing Jesse, this must be an unbelievable story. I mean, let's just hope the reviews are good. I mean, after all, we wouldn't want Jesse beating himself up over it. And Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling 
says she's receiving death threats from the transgender community. There's no denying it. I mean, those ladies really have a hard-on for her. And LeBron James was ejected from a game for taking a cheap shot at an opponent by elbowing him in the face, proving once again he'll take shots from anyone but China. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius Award. And this week's Genius Awards going to a 24-year-old Georgia man who faces gun and drug charges after he allegedly sold 25 guns in cocaine to an undercover officer in New York, according to the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. Now, Yamil Torres Rincon of Atlanta, who was taken into custody, was arraigned on multiple counts of criminal sale of a firearm, remains held on $325,000 in bond or a $150,000 cash bail, according to the DEA. The gun sales allegedly happened between September and November in Manhattan, the DEA says it's in its release. Now, before each sale, Torres Rincon reportedly traveled from Georgia to New York City and often drove with guns concealed inside a hidden compartment in his car, according to the DEA. Torres Rincon charged $42,900 for 20 handguns and three assault weapons that were sold on the first three dates, according to the release from the DEA. He also seized, uh, they also seized 20 handguns, including pistols and revolvers, five assault weapons, according to the DEA. Some guns allegedly were stolen, according to the New York Police Department. An undercover officer bought cocaine on one occasion, and the month-long wiretap investigation revealed Torres Rincon allegedly negotiated larger narcotics deals. Now, pinky swear you're not an undercover cop, are you? Pinky swear, pinky swear. Now, this may not teach this. They're going to teach this in Georgia, but it's not exactly advisable to sell drugs and stolen guns to a federal officer. You know, I'm just saying. And then there's this. A Northborough, Massachusetts Walmart shopper faces the potential loss of her license to carry your firearm after the gun in her purse misfired while she was in the checkout lane. It happened at the Walmart on Otis Street. Police responded when they received a report of an accidental misfiring of a weapon. Luckily, nobody inside the store was hurt. Police say the projectile was recovered from the floor. Now, the gun owner, a 31-year-old woman from Worcester, told police she mistakenly fired her 9mm while digging through her purse at the cashier. Investigators say the licensing authority was notified for purposes of review and possible revocation, and the appropriate state agency was notified since the woman's toddler was with her at the time. The woman will be charged with discharging a firearm within 500 feet of an occupied building. She must have graduated, what, from the Alec Baldwin School of Firearm Safety? I don't know. I mean, as much as purses cost nowadays, you'd think they'd be lined with Kevlar or something. Or how about this? A Port Orange, Florida man faces charges after deputies say he activated red and blue lights on his truck and attempted to pull over another driver. According to the news release, an off-duty Volusia County Sheriff's Office sergeant was driving when he spots this silver Ford F-150 with red and blue flashing lights and a Florida Sheriff's Association's license plate. The sergeant said he watched the pickup attempt to pull over another driver. 
The off-duty sergeant then circled back to get photos of the truck's license plate, but the driver pulled behind a building. The sergeant then called deputies about the incident, who determined the truck belonged to Joseph Mercier, who later was picked up on a warrant. A body camera video of the arrest shows 54-year-old Mercier admitting to having red and blue lights on his truck, but he denied that he tried to pull anyone over. I never pulled anyone over, I swear to God, he said to the deputies. Now he's facing charges of false impersonation of a law enforcement officer, possession of drug paraphernalia, and driving without a license canceled, suspended, or revoked. What kind of idiot pretends to be a cop and then asks somebody to pull over? I mean, he's really making his parents wish that they had pulled out, you know? I mean, the guy's a total fraud or a phony. I mean, he's kind of like the Dr. Fauci of cops. And what about this? A 41-year-old Raleigh, North Carolina man was charged with insurance fraud after officials said he faked an image to show that there was a hair in his McDonald's burger. Officials accused Ronnie Bernard of Truesdale of planting a hair on the burger after removing the wrapper. Truesdale said that the burger caused him to become nauseated. He filed an insurance claim with the Zurich North America, the insurer for McDonald's, for pain and suffering as well as $1,595 in medical expenses paid to Wake Med. Truesdale was also charged with felony attempting to obtain property by false pretense. With all the weird things McDonald's puts in their meat, a hair is the least of your worries, okay? He admitted he lied about the hair, but he swears the burger did make him nauseous. You got to check this one out. The Michigan Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs revoked a Garden City woman's daycare license after an investigation revealed a child put another child in a clothes dryer and turned it on while under her supervision and she did not tell the child's parents. It was critical to take emergency action to protect the health, welfare, and safety of the children at this family care home, the LARA said in a news release. Uh, According to the LARA, the woman brought the child, described only as a, quote, minor household member one, to the hospital because she was stressed out because MHM1 had put another child in the clothes dryer and turned it on. MHM1 later admitted to a nurse and a social worker that she did put another child in the in the dryer and turn it on. Later, the child who was in the dryer told her mom about it and said, It was hot and it was dark and it hurt my back. According to the report, the woman never told the kid's parents or the LARA about the incident and then proceeded to lie about it during the investigation process. So, The LARA's investigation found violations under the Child Care Organization Act. The women's license now has been revoked. She's no longer allowed to operate a daycare and must inform all parents of children in her care about her license suspension. Now, the violations include, but are not limited to, lack of appropriate care and supervision, household members' suitability and conduciveness to the welfare of children, Failure to provide truthful and accurate information to the department during an investigation. Wow. I mean, I hid in the clothes dryer on a regular basis as a kid. And my parents also had an appliance repairman on speed dial, you know. Well, I mean, this kid did what every adult wants to do at some point in their life. I mean, come on.
And you'll never believe this. A Las Vegas police officer said a man tried to skip out on $4,000 in a restaurant bill, then made a bomb threat at the Bellagio, at, at, while he's at the Bellagio. According to the arrest report for Greg Cohen, officers were called to the Las Vegas Strip property. When the officers got there, casino security told them that Cohen had been eating and drinking in Spago, a restaurant there in the casino, and had a bill of $4,312.75. He reportedly got up and left, said he was going to the bathroom. According to the restaurant's manager, Cohen had ordered seafood and a bottle of Dom Perignon and then socialized with women nearby, bought them champagne. The manager said he then saw Cohen at a game ta at a table game. Cohen was asked to return to the restaurant to pay the bill. The report said that Cohen then stated he had $10,000 to pay, but then emptied his pockets and had no money. He was then taken into security custody. While waiting for police to arrive, security said that Cohen said, I bet if there's a bomb, they'd get here really fast. Of course, when asked directly if he placed a bomb in the casino, Cohen reportedly said, there's a bomb. Then he repeated, he, he repeated the word bomb <laughs> multiple times. Court records show Cohen is now charged with communicating a bomb threat, theft, and defrauding a proprietor. He's expected to be back in court now the following month. I mean, I don't know why this guy even bothered going to a fancy restaurant. He belonged with the rest of the broke losers at the nearby nearest casino buffet, you know? I, I love the fact that he emptied his pockets and had no money. That doesn't sum up Vegas. Nothing does. Anyway, well, I got one more for you. A Broward County, Florida woman is facing charges after the authorities detained her for trying to smuggle 56 guns across the Michigan-Canada border. She's 48-year-old Vivian Richards, who was arrested after her car was sent to secondary examination at the Blue Water Bridge port of entry in Port Point Edward, Ontario. The Canadian Border Services Agency is the first line of defense for our country, Marco E.L. Mencendino, Minister of the Public Safety, said. He goes on to say, the smuggling of firearms is a threat to public safety, and this seizure is an example of our steadfast commitment to preventing dangerous criminal activities and keeping Canadians safe. Now, during the examination, CBSA officers said that the seized items were discovered in boxes in the trunk of the car. They found 56 undeclared prohibited firearms, 13 overcapacity magazines, 43 10-round pistol magazines, and 100 rounds of ammo. Richards faces multiple charges, including attempting to smuggle, evade compliance, unauthorized possession of a firearm, unauthorized possession of prohibited weapons or restricted weapons, possession for the purpose of weapons trafficking, and possession of a firearm, knowing that the serial number on it had been altered, defaced, or removed, among others. Frankly, those guns just should have stayed in Michigan, after all. Anyone who lives even remotely close to Detroit needs all the help they can get. Canadians definitely hate idiot Americans coming into their country, that's for sure. But, you know, look, we had, we had to take Justin Bieber, okay? So I think it's pretty even. <laughs> okay. If you ever thought maybe you've done something as stupid as this, trust me, you're feeling a lot better. So do somebody a favor. They're probably feeling the same way. Share them this podcast. Just hit the little share thing, you know, and send it to, or whatever. And, and you know 
you know the stupidity is addicting. So go ahead and click the subscribe button so you can get your stupid fix and get those new episodes delivered when they're published, okay? We got our next episode coming up for the weekend with Pancho Guerro, my insane Florida nephew, with more stupid stories from Florida and beyond. And our weekly round of the Insane Game Show. You can also play along, of course. And I also go through and get the best five-star stupidity to be found, so I hope you'll rate the podcast with a five-star rating and give me a nice stupid review. You know, I might even read it on the on an upcoming episode. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, it's even more important to, to give me a review and a rating. You know, because for some reason, it supposedly makes us appear better on searches. I don't know. But look, lie a little. Whatever you got to do, okay? Oh, and you can interact with me and the podcast with real-time updates also by uh, being a part of the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll post all the links on some of these stupid stories, and I've got a lot of them. You can check out the actual stories, comment on them, share with people. And by the way, you can uh, also, you know, just interact with all of the stuff that goes on here, too. So you can join the Telegram channel, download the app, just go to t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. You get a preview there, and you can get the little download button. You can Put it on your desktop, your mobile device, Windows, Linux, Android, Apple, whatever you got, okay? And you, don't forget, you can also follow me on Twitter and on uh, Facebook, okay? Just, it's at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or go to the website, InsaneEricLane.com, okay? And I got one more final thought here, okay? So, somewhere in your body is a point of no return that a would-be burp passes and turns into the inevitable fart. I know you're probably amazed at the amount of stupidity that's in this world, but you know, somebody has to actually go out and find them and write about them. So there's no way this podcast could be as stupid as it is without the talented writers from some great places like Mr. Laughs Comedy and Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane and visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.